Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. So I want to encourage you to enough of the commercials. Take out your sermon notes. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. I'm excited. I'll be ending the series, The Habit Wheel, not this week, but the following week after Easter. I'm going to talk about how to obtain the, the victory over quitting, over quitting. How many of you ever felt in your life that you ever felt like quitting? Ever felt like quitting? Ever felt like maybe you want to throw in the towel, you want to just give it up? I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I'm wore out. I just want to quit. Quit at life. Quit at things in my life where I'm at right now. Sometimes it's really easy to quit than it is to press through. It's easier to quit, to work hard for something you want to obtain. But listen, here's the quit list. And I thought about this when I put this together. The quit list. And maybe you're on this list. I quit my job. I quit my job. And maybe a lot of you quit your job because it got tough. Maybe you face some struggles. Maybe you face some opposition. And so because you face opposition and struggles, instead of fighting through it or pressing on, what you did is quit and you gave up. Another one is this. I quit on a friendship. Maybe you quit on a friendship that you burned the bridge or you quit on a friendship because maybe they got talked about you, they gossiped about you, they slandered you, they rejected you, they didn't invite you to a party. So because you weren't invited to a party, you quit on your friendship. You always felt like you were rejected or cast away, so you gave up on them. Maybe you quit on a friendship that you shouldn't have quit. Another one is this. I quit school. Maybe you were in the middle of the stream and you quit school that you're almost so close of getting your degree and maybe even dropped out of high school, you're so close and you quit school, and because of that, now you're paying the consequences for that. My daughter, when she graduated, she went to North Central. She went on to be a pastor and all these things, but yet she quit in the middle of the stream because of her circumstances. She got married and had kids, and when you have kids, it kind of derails you. How I many know the kids take time, right? But, you know, one of the things that she's regretting is that she got so close to her degree at North Central, but yet she quit in the middle of the stream, and she's regretting that. And maybe you quit school. Maybe you're so close, but yet you quit. Here's another one. You quit on God. Maybe some of you are right now, you're quitting on God. God, I come so far. I've been walking this Christian journey with you for so long, God. But, Lord, I'm doing my part. But, God, you don't seem to be doing your part. You don't seem to be, God, rewarding as your word says. The word says your, your promises are yes and amen. And, God, I'm doing my part. But you're not reciprocating, God. You're not returning the favor back to me. And your word is returning void to me. And, it, and God, you, you're, you're not answering my prayer. So, God, I give up on you. Maybe you've given up on God because maybe your expectations were let down. Maybe you felt like God didn't come through when you needed him. And so because of that, you quit on God. Here's another one. Maybe you quit on your marriage or are ready to quit on your marriage. Maybe you're at a point in your life where, man, he or she, I'm tired of them. I'm ready to quit on my marriage. I'm ready to quit. Maybe you have quit on your marriage and you got scars from quitting on your marriage from the past. And you're ready to quit. It's so easy to quit than it is to stay in there and, 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 and work it out and to stand strong and fight for what is right. And you're ready to quit. Here's another one. Maybe you're ready to quit on your kids. Maybe you have a black sheep in your family. One of your kids has always seems to be in trouble or has situations or problems and go through this and go through that. And I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm where are I? Man, I've never seemed to get over that hurdle with him or her. They always seem to be going through something. And I'm just ready to throw in the towel and give up. Or maybe you already quit on them. Another one is this. Maybe you quit cleaning the house. Maybe you quit cleaning the house because, listen, man, they don't respect it when I clean the house. Man, they keep everything all over the place. They, man, once I clean it, it's all messed up. And, man, they just throw things everywhere. And they never pick up after themselves. And so, therefore, you get discouraged. And because you get discouraged, you become like the hoarders on TV. And you quit. You see, there's all kinds of reasons of why we quit. Maybe you quit in sports. Maybe you got so close in sports and because, man, it didn't happen the way you want it to happen in sports. And so, therefore, whatever happened, maybe you got injured, maybe you got hurt, whatever the case may be. So you gave up your dream and you quit in sports. Here's one that I wrote down personally that I regret. I quit in music lessons. I, man, I'm going to tell you right now, I totally regret 
that I quit in music lessons. I was taking music lessons when I was in sixth grade. After all, I grew up around music all my life. My dad can play every instrument there was. I kid you not. He could not read a, a note. He could not read Dan. He could not read music. He could not read anything, but he can play by ear. My dad, his, his forte was the guitar. That was his number one instrument. But you know that he could play the accordion. He could play the harmonica. He could play the steel guitar. He could play the bass guitar. He could play a trumpet. He could play the piano. He could play the drums. Any instrument that you could think of, my dad could play. And man, so I grew up around all this instrumental stuff and all this music. And I regret that I quit because now, if you think, if I was able to play an instrument, I could be like Pastor Andrew standing on my tippy toes and singing. <laughs> Picks me up on solid ground. Every time Andrew does that, he gets a little taller. Thank you, Jesus. I got the mic. I can do that, right? <laughs> but you know, no, seriously, and because of I quit, Randy, I regret that I can't, man, sing. Can you imagine? I, I tried to play the violin, and then I went to the piano. The lady put all those pennies on my fingers, Frances Hayes. She put all those pennies on my fingers. She said, the key to playing a piano is balancing those fingers while you play and, and keeping the pennies. And I kept dropping the pennies, so I gave up. And I thought to myself, man, if I would have continued on playing, I could be leading in worship and be like Becky. And I could continue to play. But listen to this. You have your notes. Quitting never sees the final product or the end result. You will never see the final product or the end result which God has for you in your life. God says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and plans to give you hope for your future. But sometimes you will never see the plan or you'll never see the outcome or the final product if you're always quitting, always throwing in the towel, always giving up. Quitting is a sign that you're exhausted. How do you know what I'm talking about? Man, I, I want to tell you right now. If you are a single mom or a single parent, single dad, let me tell you, my hat is off to you. Man, I mean to tell you, young lady, you know me. I, I love you so much. Man, being a single parent, it's exhausting. And I don't envy you, but I pray for you. And sometimes in your life, I can understand, man, you deplete yourself. You give of yourself. You have no time for yourself. The only place that you can get away is the bathroom because it's safe. Kids don't want to come in there. That's the only place that you want to get peace and quiet. Unless you're trying to take a bath and the kids come in, whoop, there it is. <laughs> right? And you get exhausted. Quitting is a sign of being exhausted and your energy depleted. I don't have any energy. I don't have any zeal or passion or desire to go on. My motivation is dead. I'm a couch potato. I don't want to do anything. Let me ask you a question. Is your soul soiled? Has your soul been soiled, hurt? Maybe you've gone through some scars in your life and therefore your soul is soiled, damaged. Another, your luster diminished, your zeal, your fire, your passion. Is it diminished? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hold it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. And what happens sometimes through the course of life, the bushel, the struggles, the hardships, diminish the flame or the luster in our lives. And now instead of going through life with zeal and passion and excitement, we're going through life in drudgery. Pain, discouragement, defeat, and the attitude to give up. Here's another one. Your goals forgotten. How many have given up on your goals, your dreams, your passions in your life, the things that God has placed in your heart? Do you know that what God gives you, he never takes it away? It may be dormant in you right now, but God's listen, he never takes that away. What God does is he says, listen, you start putting one foot in front of the other, start moving, and soon you'll be walking out the door. And as you do, I will put the fertilizer, my blessings, my anointing, my spirit on that gift, that calling in your life to make it happen in you. But you have to do your part, and then I'll do my part. You see, have your fumbles and stumbles 
left you questioning your place in God's plan? God, where are you? Lord, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Have you ever felt like that? God, you promised me. Many times in my life as being a pastor, I'd always sit there, God, when I told you before about the many stories, how I'd go out in the woods there at my dad's house, and believe me, I would have a crying session with God. God, where are you right now when I need you the most? When you felt like God abandoned you and he left you and he given up on your plans. God, where are you? Let me remind you that God said I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and even right now in your circumstances. God is in your boat. He may be asleep, but he's not dead. And if he's alive, he can come into your situation and turn your scars into stars. God, where are you? You might be down, but you're not out. I always say to people, they always say to me, I said, Pastor, these things will never happen in my life. And I look at them and I said, are you dead yet? No. Then it still can happen. If you ain't dead, guess what else ain't dead? Your dreams, your goals, your passion, your desires, your promises that God said to you. Are you dead yet? No. So start expecting and believing your things to transpire. In Hebrews chapter 10, this is my anthem verse, verse 35. I love this. And when I was playing basketball, this was my verse <coughs> that I would always remind myself when I was playing ball. Because I was a, a scoring, a small forward. And a small forward is the three position on the on basketball team. And because of that, I would always play giants. And they were like the Goliaths to me. I'm 6'1". My furniture has been rearranged. Now I shrunk because of my back surgery. Now I'm probably six foot, maybe 5'11". I don't even know anymore. But I would play these taller guys. And playing these taller guys, sometimes it was intimidating. So I would have to live in this verse. Now watch this. Do not throw away your confidence, your assurance, your hope, your peace, your victory, your goals, your dreams, your passion, Kevin. Don't throw away your confidence. You know, <coughs> they say, that basketball, Colton, is made up 90%. Now, get this. 90% of basketball is made up on mental ability, being focused, having the mental ability and the confidence that you can do it. 10%, Steve, is the ability, your talent. God takes your 10% and makes it 100% as you give them your talents. But God wants you to walk in confidence and assurance that it's going to be okay, that he'll work it out. So he says, watch this. It will be richly rewarded to you. Check this out, verse 36. So he says, you need to preserve. In other words, persevere. Don't quit. Don't quit in the middle of the stream. You need to preserve. Hold on. When I was a kid, I would go to Johnson Park, and not my park, but I loved it. I wish it was my park, but it was called Johnson Park there in Sturdivant, Wisconsin. And I would go to Johnson's Park with my parents and my family, and we would go tobogganing. And we'd go tobogganing, we'd go down this hill, and we go flying. Now, I don't know about you, but I love tobogganing, and I love sledding, but I hate walking up the hill. Especially when you got your grandkids, and they look at you, Papa, can you carry mine? Papa, can you carry mine? Before you know it, I'm carrying four sleds. I hate going up the hill. But there at Johnson Park, they had this tow rope. And what you do is you stand on your toboggan, and you get onto that tow rope, and you hold on, and it pulls you up the, up the mountain. And, man, I'll tell you, sometimes what it did, it would, man, tear up your gloves and, man, mess up your hands. But if you held on, it'll pull you up to the top. And believe me, you, from starting from the bottom of that hill going up to the top, it really, man, pulled on your muscles. It really stretched my hands. It really irritated my hands. It gave me rope burn. But I knew that if I held on, I'm going to get to the top. That's what perseverance is. Perseverance is holding on even when it hurts. Even when my hands are burning, even when I'm getting rope burns, even when I'm getting struggles in my life, I'm going to hold on and persevere and not get up because I'm going to eventually make it to the top. 
That's what perseverance or preserve means. So that when you, put your name there, have done the will of God, done what God has asked you to do, done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. What he has promised. Let me ask you a question. What has God promised you? Has God given back on his word? Absolutely not. God's word is yes and amen. God doesn't give and take away, Jamie. So what you have in your life, it may be dormant, but God didn't take it away. It's still there. And God will fulfill that which he has promised. So throwing away your confidence is saying, I quit. I quit. That's what it says on your notes. I'm throwing away my confidence. In other words, I quit. I give up. Easier to quit than it is to preserve. Here's another one. Quitting usually happens, watch this, usually happens when you feel like you failed at something. You know what? We live in America. I'm proud to be an American, right? But one of the things about being Americans, what we're so proud of, we don't ever want to be seen as a failure. I don't want to be seen as a failure because if I'm seen as a failure, people are going to mark me, mock me, laugh at me, ridicule me, and put me down, and they're going to label me as a failure. And so because of that, we are so prone not to do anything that never stick out our neck because if I don't do anything, then people can't make, call me a failure and they can't ridicule me because I never tried. You will never fail if you never try. But you will never succeed if you never try. So you have to try. And so therefore, I'm afraid and fears will paralyze you and hold you back from succeeding or going forward. You have to try. So let me ask you something. What have you failed at that you and God can't fix? If God is for you, who can be against you? You and God make a majority. How many of you know one of the greatest basketball players in the world, Michael Jordan? Everybody know Michael Jordan? I think we all know Michael Jordan, the jump man. Everybody loves to collect Jordan shoes. They're worth so much money now and all that kind of stuff. Got the jump man signal on there, right? But you know what? Michael Jordan, look at what he says. The key to success is failure. The key to my success was failure. Another one is this. I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. Michael Jordan, who we gloat about, who is such a status symbol in our world as the greatest basketball player <coughs> in the world. And he goes on, 26 times I've been trusted to take the winning shot. I failed over and over again in my life. And look what he says. And that is why I succeeded. Well, let me ask you, have you failed? It's okay. God's not done with you yet. Watch what else he says. Failure makes me work even harder. Wow. Failure makes me work even harder. To not quit. You get that? Not quit. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fail, but it's not a time to bail. It's a time to hold on. It's a time to stay in there. Here's another one. I love what he says. I've never been afraid to fail. In other words, he says, hey, I've never been afraid to fail you because failure is part of succeeding. Failure is part of going forward. Failure is part of making mistakes. I love this one. I know fear is an obstacle for some people. Fear, false evidence appearing real. It's an obstacle. It'll paralyze you, hold you back, keep you from obtaining the goals for some people. But it's an illusion to me. False presence. Failure always makes me try harder the next time. Wow. The minute you get away from the fundamentals... 
The fundamentals. Thank you. You must have read my mind. Can you open that for me? Thank you. I got a a tickle in my throat. Failure, watch what he says. The minute you get away from the fundamentals. I was telling this story in the first service. When I played for Racine St. Catharines, I was kind of a cocky guy, played basketball. I played with Isaiah Thomas, Maurice Cheeks, uh, uh, all these guys, Mark Aguirre, Jim Jones, Marvin Jones. Played with all these guys, right? So I grew up playing ball, and one of the habits that I had was I like to put the ball between my legs, put it around my back, look sweet. So when I went to St. Cats, man, Coach McGuire, John McGuire, would get mad at me. And right in practice, Jamie, if I put the ball around my back or between my legs or break somebody to the hole, He'd yell, stop practice in the middle of practice. CJ, enough of that showboating. And you know what he said? Sticks to the fundamentals. Stick to the fundamentals. Stick to the basics of the game. And then when you stick to the basics of the game, all the other facets of the game will come together. And what happens is you want to jump from A to Z right away. And sometimes you have to walk out the fundamentals to get you from A, B, C, D, E, F, G to Z. You don't just all of a sudden catapult from A to Z. You have to stay within the fundamentals, the framework of your life. And as you do, you walk out your dreams and you walk out your visions. And then it starts to evolve and it starts to happen. And as it does, all of a sudden the confidence and the assurance comes that I can make it. But look what he said. Whether it's the technique or work ethics, stay to the fundamentals. When things get tough, the tough get going. Stay to the fundamentals, the work ethic. I'm going to work. I'm going to keep my hands to the plow and not look back. Mental preparation. Mental preparation is being focused. When you have broken focus, it gets you out of alignment for the promises that God has for your life. Staying focused on the task that is at hand. You always hear the saying, I'm a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And you know what? That's so true in our minds. What we do is we're we're a jack of all trades, our mind, but we're not focused on certain things and we're never accomplishing anything. And because we're not accomplishing anything, what happens is we feel like losers. Because I'm not accomplishing the goal. It's because you're a jack of all trades, but you're not mastering anything. Stay focused on the task. Watch this. The bottom can fall out of your game, schoolwork, your job, whatever you're doing. If you do the work, you get the reward. There is no shortcuts in life. Now, get this one, this next phrase. You got to get this. Failure sires denial. It sires denial. What it makes you do is, no, I'm not going to do it. And denial wants you to avoid the very one you need. So in other words, what happens is whenever you're going through failure or embarrassment or feeling ashamed or unworthy about yourself, you know what happens? We start to pull away from the crowd. The Bible says so clearly where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. And what the enemy loves to do, he loves to isolate you and pull you out of your strength. Whenever we're going through a pity party, we love to have that pity party at it too. And you know what happens when you have a pity party? The peanut gallery comes along with you. And they cheer you on. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to make it. You're no good. You're a loser. And that pity party follows you with you. And the peanut gallery cheers you on like the choir singing in the worship. And what happens is you isolate yourself, and when you isolate yourself, the enemy can come in and pounce on you. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 that the enemy is like a lion roaming to and fro, looking for whom he may devour. So he's roaming to and fro. And if you ever notice what a lion does, watch on wildlife shows, man, it's amazing. They'll wait for a water buffalo or an antelope or whatever the case may be to leave or to isolate itself from the herd. And when that one individual isolates from the herd, what do they do? However they talk in lion language, they pounce on that individual. And they take down that antelope or that water buffalo or zebra or whatever the case may be because it detached itself from the herd. And what happens when we're going through failure in life when we want to quit, the first thing we want to do is detach ourselves from our strength. What is our strength? 
Our strength is the support of people around you. That's why it says iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And what happens is when you pull out from the herd, that's when the enemy's got you where he wants you, and now he's going to get you. You need the errands and the hers in your life, and that's why iron sharpens iron. So does one man sharpen one another. So you need to be around people that can blow wind into your sail, that can encourage you, that can put their arm around you and say, hey, man, it's okay. You're going to make it. Hey, we all make mistakes. We all fumble. We all, man, drop the ball once in a while, but it's okay. But when you isolate yourself, you're losing the strength that's in numbers. And I want to encourage you to be careful that you don't isolate from what God calls you to do. Listen to this. The Bible is full of famous failures. From heroes to zeros, full of famous failures. Look at this one. We call Abraham our hero, but look at this. But he once refused to call his wife his wife. Sounds like maybe he was embarrassed. Oh, I don't know this lady. She's just a lady. Do that to your wife. She'll slap you upside the head. <laughs> She'll look at you and say, Mama going to knock you out. <laughs> right? Here's another one. Rahab is one of the handful of females in the genealogy of Jesus. She was also a madam in the world's oldest profession. You figure that out yourself. God took a zero and turned it into a hero. And you think you've fallen so far that God can't restore you? God didn't give up on you. Look at this. James and John were called sons of thunder before they were apostles of peace. Restoration is the second stanza in the anthem of second chances, so don't quit. The second stanza. Watch this. I, I, for the sake of time, we're going to move on. For, Dawn, for the sake of time, in 1 Kings 19, I'm not going to read it, Don, but just go to the next one. In 1 Kings 19, it talks about Elijah. And the backstory leading up to 1 Kings 19 is this. Elijah called down fire from heaven. Elijah outran chariots and horses. Elijah, man, slayed many men with the sword. He was a conqueror. He was a winner. But in 1 Kings 19, 1 through 9, you read the story of Elijah where he laid under a broom tree and he wanted to die. He wanted to quit. He wanted to give up. Maybe some of you. He wanted to quit. He wanted to give up and throw in the towel. You see, listen, always remember, the enemy attacks two ways, when you're at the highest of highs and your lowest of lows. So if you're at a high time in your life, guess good. Be ready for an attack. That's when it happens. Or if you're at the lowest of lows in your life, get ready. He's going to attack you even harder. He wants to keep you down. That's when the enemy attacks the most. And here was Elijah just got done calling down fire. And now because of Jezebel, made the accusation. Like you, maybe you're carrying a badge of accusation that somebody made some false accusations against you. And all of a sudden now you're recoiling, you're pulling back, you're resisting. And Elijah now wanted to die because Jezebel's trying to take me out. Maybe you quit. Maybe people were making false accusations against you like this. You'll never make it. You're not good enough. You're not qualified. You're not capable. You're not able. You're not pretty enough. You're too heavy. You're too skinny. You're too ugly. Maybe you've listened to that false accusation, and you put a label on yourself, and you believe that label that was a lie. Now you believe it as true, and it's hampered you, hindered you, and kept you back from going forward. Now you want to quit because you're buried. You're buried under false accusations and lies. Let me tell you something. If you're still alive, you ain't dead yet. That means you're not six feet in the grave. You're still alive. Hallelujah. 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 Right? You have a reason to live. God didn't give up on you, so don't you give up on him. So listen, Elijah went from a hero to a zero. Have you ever felt that way? Now get this one. Get this in your spirit. You are hero parents. Man, when your kids are little, they depend on you. They love you. They kiss you, man. They man, hug you, man. Mommy, poppy, daddy, go. Oh, I love you, love you, love you. 
Well, then when they start getting the junior high age, they get sassy. Then they start getting into high school, they don't need you. And you went from a hero now to a zero. Mom, you're embarrassing me. Mom, if I bring my friends over to the house, don't come up to our room. You say silly things. That which you once were a hero and your kids looked up to you, you were the idol. But when they go to college, they come back to you, Mom and Dad, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Can I come back and live with you and help me out with my bills? Isn't that how that goes? Right? You were a hero. Great providers. Strong leaders. Then the bottom fell out. How did the bottom fell out? Think about that. Maybe the bottom fell out because you quit. Are you quitting? Maybe the bottom fell out because you quit. It's time to get back up. In 1 Kings 19, verse 4, I don't have time to go there again. But God came to Elijah the first time. And he said, get up. You see, dying means quitting. Quitting means dying. That means no life, no sensitivity, no connection with God, lost to the outside world. You're dying. And the enemy doesn't come against you physically like, man, breaking your arm. He comes against you mentally, spiritually, emotionally. That's how he comes against you. And some of your tanks are depleted. And your gas gauge on your dashboard is reading E-E-E. Because maybe you've gone through some struggles. Maybe you've gone through some highs and the lows. Maybe you've been rejected or cast aside. And because of that, now your gas gauge is reading E. But I'm here to tell you, you serve a gas attendant who fills you up, that you can belly up to the bar again, and Jesus will fill you up to full and running over, that my cup is full and running over. Because why? I'm getting reconnected with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that God is going to restore the brokenness of my heart. So shoe fly, don't you bother me anymore. My God is in control. My God. You may talk about me, but I'm going to talk about you down on my knees. He says, dying to your dreams, your hopes, and your desires of life. Can I ask you something? Why are you giving up on your dreams? Because somebody said this. Somebody did that. James, if I would have listened, Jim, to everything that people said about me, 40 years of ministry, I'd have quit a long time ago. I stand up here like a fish. And you know what people do? You know why people buy fish tanks? You read it for yourself. Fish tanks. You know why people buy fish and have fish tanks in their house? Because they love to look at fish because they soothe them. But you know what else they do when they see fish? They laugh at them. So go ahead and laugh at me. I'm the fishbowl. And what happens is, I get it from all angles. And I have to shake it off. The same with you. Shake it off. I got to move on for sake of time. My father-in-law was a great guy. He lived with us for five and a half years. My mother-in-law lived with us for two weeks, and then she went on to be with the Lord. And then my father-in-law would live with us the rest of the five and a half years. But knowing my father-in-law now for some 40 years that I did, my father-in-law had a habit of doing something. He had a habit of always quitting, always quitting his job. Brenda, he would quit his job day in, day out. I mean, he was a great welder. He worked at big companies. He made good money and all these things. But if he didn't like something, he quit. He didn't like the union, he quit. And because he kept quitting all these jobs, it caused a financial hardship to the family. I mean to tell you, Cheryl's mom was a nurse, a great, great, great nurse. She made good money, but they had five kids, man, and they lived, man, out in the country, and their house was so paper thin, they had to buy fuel oil. And, man, I tell you, when I first met Cheryl and got married to her, we had ten, this is no exaggeration, that's why my feet are bent. We had ten blankets on our bed. 
I was suffocated. I felt like a <laughs> because it was so cold in her house that it went through the fuel oil so fast, but they never had any money. So let me ask you a question. How would you like this, Robin? Say you're, you're Jeff. I want you to think Jeff is, is Cheryl. For one solid year, how would you like this? For one solid year, my wife worked at Metal, uh, Metropolitan Medical Center there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Made pretty good money. But I'd never seen her money. I'm like, what in the world? Honey, where's your check? I can't make it on August Stand a nursing home and all we're doing. Honey, where's your money? Oh, she'd come up with all kinds of excuses. For one solid year, because my father-in-law kept quitting and bringing hardships to the family, for one solid year, my wife gave her check to her family. One solid year. All because she was guilt-ridden about her financial pressures of causing medical problems. And Randy, you know this. And it never happened. My point is, when you quit something, get this. you got to get this in your heart. Please hear your pastor. When you quit something, it doesn't just affect you. It's a rippling effect that affects others around you. When you quit your shortchanging your kids, when you quit your shortchanging your family, when you quit your shortchanging your friends, when you quit, you'll never see the end product. Sometimes you have to withstand thing. Quitting is sometimes taking the easy way out, but is it the easy way out? Pastor Andy, go ahead and start coming up here. I want you to hear this now. These are great people that failed but also succeeded. And I want to read this list to you. Check this out. The greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, was cut from his high school basketball team. Walt Disney was fired from his job as a newspaper early in his career. Check this out. They said he lacked imagination. <laughs> Steven Spielberg was rejected from film school three times. Albert Einstein had the label mentally slow put on his permanent school record. Check this one out. Henry Ford first two automobile companies failed. Oprah Winfrey was fired from an early job as a television news anchor. Jerry Spring, uh, 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 not Springer. Whoa. Start throwing stuff at me. Jerry Seinfeld, there you go, was booed off stage in his first stand-up comedy appearance. Check this one out. Sir James Dyson suffered through 5,126 failed prototypes before he landed on the first working Dyson vacuum. Get this one. Get this one. Elvis Presley was fired from the Grand Ole Opry and was told to go back to truck driving. Colonel Harlan Sanders of KFC, famed, was rejected a thousand times before a franchise would take him on. Guys, don't quit. We're all going to fail. I learned this to be true, that in my failures, there's two things I can get out of it. Number one, the lesson that I can learn in my failure or I can get harder my failure in retreat. So you got the crossroads that you're at right now. Maybe there's some lessons in your failure. What do you have to change? What do I have to tweak? Or you can get hard. And Jesus said, He'll take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So learn for the sake of time. In 1 Kings 19, verse 7b, he says, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. You know, this life that we're in, sometimes don't you wish it was a sprint? That we can just fly through life and be done and go to heaven? It's not that way. 
This life we live in is, is a marathon. It really is. And if you run a marathon, sometimes out in the middle of a marathon, because I ran them, you're out there all by yourself. I remember a man running a marathon, and I was the only one in sight. Because people are always at the starting line and the finish line. They're not in between. It's what you do in between the finish line and the starting line. And I was always out there alone, and there's so many times I wanted to quit in life. Get this. Get this in your heart. God doesn't care how fast you go. He just wants you to go. It doesn't matter how slow or how fast the pace you set. Just go. And when I think of go, go means to me, God on. I'm going to God on in what God is calling me to do. And no grave, no man, no acquisition, no word is going to hold this body down. I'm going on. And so are you. i got to close. In this journey, you want to quit, give up, and strike out. But God doesn't play baseball. There's no three strikes and you're out with God. No one ever said this journey would be easy, but in the end it will be rewarding if you don't quit. There's a reward waiting for you, so don't quit. Galatians 6 verse 9, do not become weary at well-doing, for at a proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. If you do not give up. Keep moving forward and upward towards your God and his rewards. This is where now I close where the counseling comes in for my life. My, all my background, my education. Here are four reasons. Four the biggest reasons why people quit. Are you ready? Are you ready to quit? And the question to you is why? Number one, are you not getting your way? A lot of times people quit. I didn't get my way. It's either my way or the highway. Man, if I don't get my way, then I'm quitting. How many of you quit because you didn't get your way? These are the top four things why people quit. Another one, are you not getting what you want? God didn't say he'll give you all your wishes. He said he'll give you all your desires. There's a difference. Wishes are here today and gone tomorrow, but desires are like cream that rises to the top. Another one is, do you feel unqualified? Do you feel unqualified? I'm not capable. I'm not able. Sometimes you disqualified yourself from the position of a promotion because you feel like you're disqualified. You're not qualified. I'm not capable. I learned a secret a long time. I got to say this. I learned a secret. When I was working at Quinn at Augustana Nursing Home, you got to hear this funny story, true story. When I was working at Augustana Nursing Home, I didn't know how to boil water. I'm not kidding you. But before you know it, I was the, all of a sudden didn't know how to boil water. Guess what I was doing on the night shift? I was now the head cook at Augustana Nursing Home <laughs> making those 300 and some meals, and I didn't know how to boil water. But you know what I did? I learned something, that when I took a job, Guess what they're going to do? They're going to train you. So guess what, Chris? I maybe said to myself, I'm not qualified. But I know that if I take it, you're going to make me qualified. So I'm going to take this job. Right? Last one is this. This is a big one. This is a big one. Do you feel like you don't matter? Have you ever said this before? It doesn't matter. No one cares. No one loves me. I'm just a maid around the house, do the dishes, clean the house. Husbands, I'm just a paycheck. No one cares. That's a lie. And the Bible says that the devil's the father of lies and the author of confusion. You do matter. So I close. These four things are the biggest reasons why people quit. Get this. If you know your mountains, what are your mountains? What's speaking to you right now? 
What's saying you can't, that you're not qualified? What is your mountain? If you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, have no doubt in your heart, but believe in what you said, it shall be done. What is your mountains? If you know your mountains, then speak to them and don't quit. You know your voice of the mountains. But let me ask you a question. Does your mountain know your voice? Does it know your voice? Does it hear your voice, Michael? Oh, you're so prone to hear that voice, but does it know your voice? Stand with me today, will you? God is so good. God is so good. And I'll tell you, He is such a good God. Such a good God. And I want to do something today. I know time's gotten away, but I want my altar workers this morning at the first service. You should have seen the altars were packed. I had to call people out. But I want my altar workers to step out. I believe there's people in here today that just need to be reassured, lifted up, and encouraged today. Again, don't isolate yourself and run from the crowd. Don't run from the crowd. Run to the crowd. If you need prayer today, did you have a word, brother? Come on up here. Come here. Come here. Come on up here. How you feeling? I got to tell you, my name's Tim. I've been here for a few months. I hobbled in here today. For the past three days, I've been barely able to walk. It's something that happens to me sometimes. Normally, it gets better. It's getting much, much worse. My family said, stay home. We'll go to church. I said, no, I'm going to come just in case there's a call for healing. But I have a word from God that I've had for a few weeks, and I apologize to you now for not saying it before, but I'm very cautious about saying, this is the word of God. But it is. Someone needs to hear this. My ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts as the heavens are higher than the earth because as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to earth without making the earth bud and grow. So my word that goes out from my mouth will not return unto me void until it has accomplished the purpose for which I sent it. And he also said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he not spoken? Will he not do it? Or has he not said? And will he not bring it to pass? I got to give you this. Young lady, I don't know who you are. Tamara, the lady behind you. I don't know who you are. Maybe, do I? Oh, Subway girl, I can't see you. Yes, I know who you are. You're awesome. I want you to hear this. Matt, hear this. Sometimes, sir, I don't, I don't know you. You may know me, but I don't know you. But this is for you too. Sometimes you're going to go through a Joseph experience. You're going to get rejected. You're going to be thrown in the system. You're going to be sold. You're going to be, man, a castaway. But sometimes through those struggles, it prepares you for the blessings. My son, my son, just recently went through hell on earth, if that's a good term. And the reason why he went through hell on earth is to get him out of his comfort zone of where he was. He was at a great church, great church, 3,000 people. But Dan, God got him out of his comfort zone through some struggles. Just like you, Kevin. And you know what God did? He got him out of his comfort zone, which CJ was heartbroken. But he brought him to a church of 14,000 people. And what seemed to be a mess 
Terry. God, turn it around. And sometimes in your life, God may change you, rearrange you, because he has something bigger and better for you. Don't quit. So if you need prayer today, just step out. Otherwise, let me pray with you this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, God, that you didn't quit on us, so we're not going to quit on you. As the word was just spoken, your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Your ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes we don't know the ins and outs, but we know you do. You know the plans that you have for us, Lord. And so let us walk in your will to find your plans. Even if that causes us to stretch, even if that causes us to grow, a rubber band never exceeds its purpose until it's stretched. And so, Father, some of us are being stretched, but we're also being challenged to continue to grow and not quit. Bless this wonderful church. Bless them in their marriages. Bless them in their homes. Bless them on their jobs. Whatever they put their hands to doing, may it prosper in Jesus' name. For, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen. We would like to thank you for joining us for service this week. Adventure Church is a tool within God's toolbox that he is using to further his kingdom. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving. Your generous donation will ensure we're able to continue to provide these online services many people have come to rely on. You can find a safe and easy giving link within the description of this video or one of these three options you see here. Thank you in advance for your generous donation. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.